Hey, moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, and nana to 10. I'm also the author of three books, The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. You can find all of those books on Amazon, and you can find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com. Now, y'all have heard me talk about my favorite math resource, which is CTC Math. And I've been talking about them for some time now, but have you tried it out yet? CTC Math provides online video tutorials that make learning math easy and effective. This online math program uses creative graphics and animation that are sure to grab and keep your child's attention. Start your free trial today by visiting ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. So moms, have you ever noticed that when other moms find out that you homeschool, often their first response is, oh, I could never homeschool. And then they launch into all the reasons why they can't homeschool. So it can be really challenging to know how to respond because I know I don't want to be judgmental, but at the same time, um, you know, sometimes I'm thinking maybe they could, but maybe not just anyone can homeschool. I don't even know. I walk away just a little more confused half the time. Um, but this is the topic of today's episode and one you might want to share with your friends who have thought about homeschooling but haven't taken the leap yet. And maybe they've told you all the reasons why they can't, and this would be a great episode for them to listen to. But before I start this conversation, I want to mention one of my favorite college alternatives. You know, I've had XL College on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and do that. Um, it was an amazing, amazing episode. But we all want our kids to grow up to be wise, mature, productive adults who follow Jesus and live purposeful, meaningful, and fulfilling lives. Um, Nowadays, many parents are wondering if traditional college is helping or hurting that process. My friends at XL College are changing the game in higher education by allowing students to combine a world-class, biblically-based, liberal arts-style curriculum with hands-on skills training as they finish their degree in just two and a half years. All of this while learning to thrive in the context of Christian community. And the best part, their model helps students graduate debt-free. So if you want your student to learn how to build a life, not just make a living, send them to XL College. They have just a few spots left for their January cohort. So learn more at thexlcollege.com, and I'll leave a link in the show notes. All right, so when moms tell me why they can't homeschool, um, I actually sometimes wonder if they could, if they really wanted to, but I don't really want to pass judgment too quickly. And I have heard some pretty seemingly legitimate reasons, which have really come down to one question. So can anyone homeschool? So my guest today is Nikki Truesdale, the author of Anyone Can Homeschool. I've seen her book circulating, and I've just been so curious about how she could make such a bold statement. So I messaged her and invited her onto the show to explain herself. Um, So Nikki is a Christian wife, a mother of five, and a grandmother of one. She is the author of Anyone Can Homeschool, a blogger, a speaker, and book lover. Nikki is also a second-generation homeschooler. She writes and speaks encouragement to parents about Christian home education in any family dynamic, on any budget, with any special need. Nikki founded Knowledge Keepers Bookstore in 2020, where she shares her love of history, book lists, and brings old history books back into print. She blogs at NikkiTruesdale.com, Knowledge Keepers 
bookstore.com and is a staff writer for Expository Parenting Ministries and a regular contributor to Learning Well Journal. You can follow Nikki, Nikki and Knowledge Keepers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I will make sure that those links are all in the show notes. Um, and so I'm welcoming Nikki today. And in, in the words of, uh, what is it, Ricky Ricardo, uh, you got some splaining to do. So welcome, Nikki. Can you talk with us a little bit more um, about why uh, you wrote the book, Anyone Can Homeschool? Hi. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. I would love to talk about it. So I am a second-generation homeschooler, meaning uh, 1983 is when we started. <laughs> the Stone Age. It was. The Stone was Age of homeschooling. Age. That's right. <laughs> and so I have a little bit of history there behind me, not only as mm-hmm. a homeschool mom, but as a homeschool kid. And right. uh, on top of that, my mother did not finish high school. She dropped out of high school in the ninth grade to have me and never went back. Mm. And so, wow, so how old was she? She was 14. Mm. So there's a lot, a lot there. <laughs> there's a, lot a huge story about. there. Yes, <laughs> there is. <laughs> That's amazing. So what we've got there is not only 1980s homeschoolers, but a mom who did not get a high school diploma. And that's one of the very first things that I like to reassure people of when I say anyone can homeschool. And in my book, I I actually have a chapter on the unqualified parent quote. Mm. And I bring that up. I think we would all read that book. (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. Everyone thinks they're unqualified. But when your mom dropped out of school in the ninth grade, I mean, that's a pretty legitimate unqualified claim right there. Right. And... um. What she learned and what I have learned through my whole life is that it's not about your education as a parent as much as it is your conviction and your willingness to just Mm -hmm. dive in and do what's necessary to homeschool. And so that's where Mm -hmm. the anyone can homeschool began. But Mm -hmm. uh, then I became a mom. I became an adult and a, a mom and I had two daughters um, in the 90s and was married to a very abusive husband. And after eight Mm -hmm. years of that marriage, uh, we ran away. We actually picked up and just left before he came home from work one day and did not look back. Mm -hmm. That put me on the path to single motherhood. And we had already started homeschooling. We'd had one year under our belts. And it was obviously something I was very convicted that was going to be the norm for us after having grown up homeschooled. Mm -hmm. There really was no other option for my kids. But especially after that kind of traumatic turn in our family life, I did not want to also send them to public school and daycare on top of divorce and moving away. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I wanted them to have uh, the comfort and safety of being at home with me and dealing through dealing with all of the things that come with divorce, which for children is very right. difficult. Um, right. And so homeschooling seemed like the natural answer for us. And it wasn't just about the school. It was about home. It was about being with right. um, mom and grandparents, you know, and in comfort and safety. And so I began to learn how to homeschool as a working mom, as a single mom, as a very broke mom. Um, It was Mm -hmm. a tough time. And I spent Mm -hmm. two years Mm -hmm. as a single working mom. And 
It was so hard. I, I remember crying at night just because I was exhausted and frustrated and just thinking, when is this going to get better? Um, mm. But one thing how I also- were your girls at the time? Um, at the time that that began, they were two and six. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, so that lasted for two years. And, and one of the things I kept telling myself was, I will never forget this this time. Mm. And mm-hmm. thankfully, I remarried. Um, my husband and I have now been married for 19 years. So mm, uh, we've got wonderful. a nice track record. And I had three more <laughs> children with him. <clears throat> but wonderful. The, oh, thank you. Yes, it is wonderful. The struggles didn't end, though, because we had mm-hmm. um, some different issues. I've had extended bed, bed rest with each one of my pregnancies. And mm-hmm. I've had a lifetime of migraine headaches. And so those two things right there, you might imagine, interrupt a homeschool day or even absolutely y- year. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um, I actually deal with that in the book. There's a chapter on chronic illness, wh- whether it's the parents or the children, because it right, is a big right. deal. And it, and it often does make people who are currently homeschooling think, I have to stop. We can't do this anymore. Yep. And so That's absolutely true. You know, I have a, a short little chapter um, in The Unhurried Homeschooler on, uh, I, I think, wait, maybe, maybe it's not in that book. It might be just a workshop session. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I've had um, people ask me so much about homeschooling through a crisis. So whether mm-hmm. that's just, you know, a, a disaster that's happened to their family or an illness or a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And just, um, the, it's that you get that feeling from them, like, I probably shouldn't be doing this. And yes. and my answer is always, no, this is why you should be doing this. You know, exactly. you mentioned how your daughter's you didn't want to send them to school and add another thing to their list of adjustments, mm-hmm. um, their potential just challenges that would happen in that scenario. And I remember having those same feelings when um, our our youngest son uh, was born with transposition of the greater arteries and two holes mm-hmm. in his heart, open heart surgery at three days old wow. in the hospital for the first two months of his life. And this was in September. So school should be <laughs> starting, but, yes. but school wasn't starting school. But you know what? The kids were learning so mm-hmm. much more than I mm-hmm. could have ever taught them through books. And it had so much more to do with, you know, being a family. It had to do with a lot mm-hmm. of patience, a lot of waiting, a lot of, there's something about when there's a crisis going on or when a crisis has happened, children need to process that, but they don't process the same way we do. And they often will have little spurts where they'll cry or they'll talk Mm -hmm. about it, but then they're done. It's all they can handle, 30 seconds, a minute, maybe a few minutes. And then they need to go off and play for a while. And then it'll happen again later. And this is what I saw happen over and over again with each of our kids. And I think if they were in a school setting, they would never be able to do this. Right. And also they need to see how we process these difficulties. And if they're gone to school all day, they're not seeing most of it. Right. And and we model to them our faith yes. so strongly in those situations. They're just a beautiful, ripe opportunity. It's like low-hanging fruit it is. <laughs> to be yeah. to be able to talk with our kids about the Lord and about, you know, we lost our oldest um grandchild to stillbirth unexpectedly. Aww, um he was our first. And so 
Thank you. I, I appreciate that. But this was 10 years ago. And so all of our kids were quite a bit younger. Mm. And I think the youngest was eight at the time. And so um, processing death and why did this mm-hmm. happen to our family? Why did this happen to their sister? And they, they're they grieving for their sister and they're grieving for their nephew. And, you know, and just, there's just, it, it doesn't all get verbalized, but it, but it gets prayed over. We pray with them. We hold them. We let them cry. We let them do it the way they need to do it Mm -hmm. and ask questions when we feel like it's appropriate. And, and, you know, the Lord just can so beautifully lead us through those times. And those are the times that really bind our family together and bind our family with the Lord and their, and our kids faith, you know, so. Absolutely. um, I wrote, Sometime back, a blog post about um, homeschooling in a crisis, <laughs> similar mm-hmm. to what you have done. And mm-hmm. a lot of times people think, well, okay, what educational activities can I gather together for this time period? And it's right. okay if you've got a video to show or some flashcards to play with, but it's also okay to step back from school and and deal with real life too. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. one thing that I encourage in the book is, is understanding and this is kind of sprinkled all throughout the book it, it, that we don't live on a normal school schedule like public school. And so it's okay right. to drop what we're doing in multiple situations and get back to it mm-hmm. on our own schedule. We don't have to worry about That's what right. the calendar says. That's um, absolutely, that's a freedom that we have. It is. And, and, and so why tie ourselves to something we don't have to tie ourselves to mm-hmm. and, and instead just let ourselves, let understand that we have the freedom to be flexible. I was just talking to my daughter. Um, She's got four little ones and is homeschooling. And she was telling me today, she said, you know, I I just, it was working really well to do quite a bit of um, just workbook through the summer. Mm -hmm. It's really hot where we live in the summer. So the kids would play outside in the morning and they would come in and she said they'd be all kind of like calm because they'd been outside all morning and now it's too hot outside. So they come in where Mm -hmm. it's cool and they have a lunch and a snack or whatever. And we, and we pulled out the books and we made great progress. And she said, and now they just moved. (laughs) So she's (laughs) like, there's been nothing for, you know, the last three or four weeks, but I don't feel guilty because she paid attention to the ebb and the flow Right. of the freedom that she had to do that, to do it oh, that way. Yeah. So. We noticed that too. I've noticed it over many years that um, we go with the seasons and not only is we live in Texas where it's extremely hot in the summer, mm. so we oh, don't yeah, yeah. do a lot of outdoor activities, but we do have a lot of school. And in the fall, not only is it nicer, but our schedule gets super busy all of a sudden with a lot of mm-hmm, activities. Mm-hmm. And so- it doesn't hurt for us to step back and do less actual book work because I know we did a lot during the summer and right. it, it, and I don't care what the calendar says anymore. I don't care when school right. starts in town <laughs> because that's not us. And that really yeah, is right. one of that's the right. keys to this whole idea that anyone can homeschool. Um, mm-hmm. No matter what the situation, it's letting go of the public school mindset, which is mm-hmm. difficult. I know it's an American mm-hmm. way. Um, and mm-hmm. even as a second generation homeschooler, I still have that mindset too, because that's just right. what we know. But if right. you can let go of that, then all these other issues that that kind of seem like an obstacle to homeschooling, they kind of disappear when you mm. don't worry about the calendar says and don't worry 
you know, what time it is in the morning or how old your child is. It sounds scary, but you really have to think that way. That's really good. I like, I like the way you said that because I know that for me, I learned, um, that doing things in blocks of time worked better mm, for me mm-hmm. rather than having a time constraint. What well, seven o'clock we're going to do this, and at eight o'clock we're going to do this, right? And at nine o'clock we're going to do this. I I said, okay, this block before breakfast. These are the things that we want to make sure we accomplish before breakfast. Now we're mm-hmm. going to have breakfast, and then there's a block afterwards um, after breakfast between you know up to lunchtime, and that's really when we tried to get pretty much all of our schoolwork done so that we were done by noon. Right. Um, and the other kids, you know, the older kids sometimes would have to go past if they were in high school or whatever. But mm-hmm. for the most part, um, and the little ones, you know, like, gosh, I, we skipped kindergarten. I'll yes, <laughs> we minute, did you too. Know, especially the, the more kids we had, it was like, eh, you know, this necessary. is really unnecessary. Mm-hmm. And they're having a ball and they're so, you know, they're playing, they're doing, all, you know, you recognize all of these things that they're naturally doing are educational. Like they're learning right. so much and, and it's just amazing no to fuss. And mm-hmm. there, it, it was something when I started realizing just how many things kids learn without a workbook, it was freeing, like telling time, counting <gasps> money. Yes. Um, so many things that we have turned into a school subject that doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a school subject and we don't need I, a workbook. <laughs> They and, took something that's actually kind of fun and made it not fun. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and the same thing with reading books. You don't have mm-hmm. to have a book report for everything, you know, or no. a quiz after everything. And, and no, so just let kids enjoy to, reading. That exactly. I was just going to say that we're on the so on the same page. It's like, <laughs> let it be a reading for the enjoyment of the reading and the story and the time together instead of it turning into this structured, formal thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you really want to know what they retain, just ask them some questions them. Yes. after you're done. You know, yes. just have a conversation about it. You know, did you think it was really cool when this happened in the book? Or what was your favorite part? Or who was the main character? Or whatever, who was your favorite character? You know, it's just like yes. have a kind of a running list in your head. And, and then you end up having these just really fun conversations where you learn more about your child um, than yes. you would have known had you not had that conversation. Oh, absolutely. And it's okay so. if they hated the book, you know, now you know that too. Right. <laughs> and I tell right, my exactly. kids. We learned something. <laughs> yes. I also will say, uh, this is a classic. I don't like this author, but you should check it out and see if you like it. You know, it's okay right. to not like everything you read or to try something and <laughs> drop it too, because that is exactly. real life. That's absolutely true. And and just, you're you're basically giving them permission to sort of keep that love for learning growing. Mm -hmm. So if they say they're really not crazy about something, great. We have more information to go off of. And as parents, it gives us a little more direction too, in terms of, you know, uh, how we're going to, what resources we're going to get for them, how, you know, what direction we're going to take with homeschooling. I loved having my kids give me input on that. Yes. You know, I mean, it's not that I let them, I did everything they told me they wanted to do or didn't want to do, but I, I did listen to them and respect the fact that they're pretty intuitive, you know? And um, I just always assumed my kids were smart. <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> and, place to and, start. <laughs> and, and yeah, that they were smart and that they were intuitive. And if I asked enough questions, they would tell me what they needed yes. and how they needed to learn it. So That's right. All right. So you kind of told us how you came to write this book. Um, do you have reasons that you believe that anyone can homeschool? 
Yes. <laughs> well, like I said, sprinkled throughout the book is this this idea that we are not recreating public school at home. And mm-hmm. that is my number one reason why I can mm-hmm. say anyone can do this because mm-hmm. in homeschooling, you don't need a certified teacher with a, a teaching degree or right. a school board telling you what to do. You don't need a lot of money. In fact, the school choice voucher discussion that started up a few years back is kind of what prompted me to go ahead and write this because I was always saying, you don't need the government's money to homeschool. No, you can do no. this. Anyone can do this. Mm-hmm. And people would say, but mm-hmm. I I don't have a lot of money. I don't have extra money. I have a full-time job. I can't do it. And I would say, oh, you mm. can. Here's how. And I was always mm-hmm. answering these questions, but I was always going with anyone can do this. You just mm-hmm. have to adjust what you think school is, and you have to realize you're a parent and you've got school supplies at home now. You know, you're a full time parent right. and you're teaching your children how to read, how to do math. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what time of day it is or if you only do it on, you know, all day, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, or if you do it on the weekends, you know, or always right. in the evening, because it's not about the schedule, it's just about learning. And that can mm-hmm. happen on any schedule, it can truly happen on any budget. One of the things that I I went through as a single mom, and then even after I remarried, my husband had just lost his job right when we got married after 9-11, and we struggled financially for a long time. And so I learned how to adapt to that. Um, I learned mm-hmm. how to find a free curriculum that was worthwhile or buy used or borrow. And so that's mm-hmm. why I say it so boldly. And I have mm-hmm. to help people understand how to rethink the whole education system. But once you do that and you realize, okay, I just need to get some books. I need to get some pencils and paper. I need to pull a chair up to the table and sit down and teach my children with whatever resources we have on whatever schedule we can manage. That's how you know anyone can homeschool. That's absolutely right. I love what you said earlier about you're just you're just still a parent. I think about homeschooling as an extension of parenting. Yep. It's not in its own category by itself. It's just it's just another way to nurture and grow our children. And um and it's such a privilege to be able to do that aspect of their lives, but we have so with that whole public school mentality has made it a separate box Mm -hmm. and we need to bring it back home and see that it's not a separate box. It's an, it's everyday life together. It's, um, our kids learn so much just from living life with us and, and doing it in a way that I always tell moms homeschool from where you live, like what works for you, what works for your family and stop looking at everybody else and, Really look at your own family and what breathes life into your family and do that. <laughs> you That's know, such and do good it advice. unapologetically. You know, oh, amen. I, mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. I say that too. Like, just be bold. <laughs> yes. Yes. And just do it. And maybe it feels like, you know, a leap of faith, like you're jumping out of an airplane. But listen, with man, um, you know, things are impossible, but with God, everything is possible. Yes. Anything's possible, including homeschooling, no matter what circumstances you're in. So 
I love that. And it's just that, it's that conviction. It's that commitment. I could have come up with all kinds of excuses along the way to stop homeschooling my kids, but Mm -hmm. I had this, my heels were dug in. I was like, I'm not moving from this position. I am going to do this. I will figure it out. And, and it's like, it's like when you get married as a believer and you go into the marriage saying divorce is not an option. Right. So sending my kids to school was not an option in my mind. And so, you know, I love what you said about, you know, find the freebies, figure it out. The thing is we have so many resources now. Like we have, I feel like we have too many resources and parents are overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with resources and thinking if they pay the top dollar, they'll get the top results. And that's not necessarily the case. Right. Um, And I feel like keeping our homeschooling simple is one of the greatest things we can do in terms of um, giving our kids margin, um, encouraging them to sort of have some interest-led learning, to mm-hmm. give our family time together, um, to leave time for me to disciple and to discipline and to train and to just have conversations with them. Um, but when we just bear down on all of this, these just too many unnecessary expectations. We ruin it for everybody, for the kids, mm-hmm. for ourselves. And, and it's just not necessary. It is absolutely unnecessary. And um, yeah, so, I, I yeah. like to tell people to think about the old one-room schoolhouses. And um, mm-hmm. they had such a simple method, but their students... Mm-hmm the ones who came out of those schools were well-educated compared to today's mm-hmm. standards. People probably just yes. don't realize how well-educated they were, but they knew more than our kids do now. And yeah, and this yeah. was a school taught by mostly teenage girls with, mm-hmm. um, you know, very simple textbooks. And so it's because they simplified it. They simplified everything. Right. And mm-hmm. I mean, that we could talk for hours on just how to do that, but that is the point mm-hmm. that it is the, the public education system has made everything so much bigger and more difficult and expensive than it needs to be. That's why we don't want to copy them. <laughs> right. That's right. That's absolutely right. It's a system that's failing. It is. So why would we copy a system that is failing? The, the hard part is it's all we know, like you mentioned. Right. And so we have to, be willing to to step out in faith mm-hmm. for the sake of our children and for ourselves and so that we can have the the journey that God has for us because that is going to be a good journey and so i think that's it does require i don't know how people homeschool without the lord that's i say that all the time i don't either <laughs> because it's just i i know i can count on him to give me wisdom i remember one year we were first starting homeschooling and I was like, well, gosh, I don't know what, this is like in the nineties, you know, I'm like, I Mm -hmm. don't know what to get for materials. And, and so I just prayed about it and I was like, Lord, I'm going to just take this leap of faith and ask you to bring me what you have for us. Okay. So there's no internet. So Mm there's not going to come that way. Mm -hmm. And I was at a yard sale And there was this set of books that had like stories and questions and just a kind of like a hodgepodge of learning material. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just picked up that set of books and I went, this is what we're doing. And it was such a beautiful 
I'll never forget it because it was like the Lord said, here, I can just, I can provide. I can just, you asked me to bring you what, what you, what I wanted you to, to have. And here it is. And it, that was it. That wow. was the end of it. I didn't have to wonder about, and this is where I think really praying about mm-hmm. what we're doing with our kids is really important so that we can move forward in confidence. Watch for where the Lord's working. And be willing to step out into something unfamiliar too. That's right. That's right. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely a faith builder for sure. So this book, is this book, who is this book for? Is it for the person who's having doubts? Is it the person who's currently homeschooling? Um, What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's for both. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to really send an encouraging message to people. You know, the first thought in my head was the single parent, um, and then the working parent who says, we've got two incomes in the house. How do we do this? Um, and so I do talk about parents who want to homeschool and keep two jobs, or if they want to try to reduce their income to one and really mm-hmm. change their lifestyle. But it's also mm-hmm. for all those parents who, for even with a mix of situations, maybe they have a special needs child um, or a grandma is going to homeschool anyone that's in a situation where they say, here's my problem, here's my obstacle, what do I do? This book is for all of those people. But Mm. I've actually gotten a lot of neat feedback from parents who are already homeschooling because it, I guess, you know, everyone has their doubts. And so the parents who are already doing it, they said, okay, let's do this. You still wake up with doubts someday. And this addresses a lot of those in these chapters for the parents that that took the leap and they're wondering if they made the wrong decision. Um, It's just a little bit of encouragement because what I've done is share my personal experiences, but I also interviewed other parents in similar situations so you have a variety of testimonies in the mm-hmm. different chapters mm-hmm. and they're all different. You know, everyone has mm-hmm. a different story and I wanted to appeal to as many as possible. I love that. I love that. So there may be a mom listening and you mentioned simplifying home mm-hmm. education. Um, maybe she's overwhelmed by life, finances. Could you just speak to that for just a, a briefly on just ways, maybe some ways to simplify? Yes. What I try to encourage so many people to do is just to think about instead of what does a typical high school transcript look like, I I ask parents to visualize what does an adult need to know? By the time your child graduates, what do they actually need? And it's going to vary depending on, you know, by the time your child is a teenager and they've got some plans, but you can always start with the basics. Everyone should read. Everyone should be able to write and speak coherently. And mm-hmm. well, everyone should have a basic knowledge of mathematics that will allow them to function in the real world and run a household and um, shop and you know spend money wisely. And everyone should have a basic knowledge of world history and scientific concepts. Those are basics and then everyone should have them. And you can start with that as your basis for a simplified education. And, mm-hmm. and even in times of crisis, if you've got this great curriculum and you're doing all sorts of things and then something changes in your life and you, you suddenly have to simplify, you can scale mm-hmm. back to those basics. Mm-hmm. There mm-hmm. have been times when all we did was math and reading because mm-hmm. those are the most important things to keep up with. And we didn't do any other subjects, but we did those and then we dealt with life. 
And then right. we were able to pick back up all those extras. And and I don't consider science and history and Bible extra, but you know what I mean? When, right. when you're just surviving <laughs> instead of thriving, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you get mm-hmm. to those couple of things that need constant repetition and, and just work on those. And so that's what I mean by simplifying. And again, not worrying about the schedule. Um, we don't worry about grade levels, which you're mm-hmm. probably used to that too. Um, I am. Yes. I, I, it was, that was such, that's such a relief to not have to pay attention is. to that. I, I just looked at my kids and thought, if we are continuing to take steps forward, that's mm-hmm. all I care about. That's exactly um, what I say. Just keep going. And just keep going. It's like plotting. I just feel mm-hmm. like it's so much more about just plotting, getting up mm-hmm. every day, showing up, being present with your kids, um, knowing your kids, taking those little bunny trails together, having mm-hmm. time in the day to do that, um, having those conversations where you're just building relationship with your kids. Those are things that make homeschooling not just um enjoyable, but they really lay such a foundation for yes. our kids. It really, and I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh, it really helps to just keep reminding yourself to stop thinking public school. Um, mm-hmm. And you may have mm-hmm. to remind yourself of that every day for a long time. We're mm-hmm. not a public school. We're not a public school. We're not a public school. And, <clears throat> and keep saying, but we are a family. That's what we are. That's right. And that's, that's right. how we're you know, going to operate. I, th- I think that's so good because you're you're we're you're encouraging them like parents get your eyes off of this model mm-hmm. and but we have to look at something else, right? We have to have our eyes on something else. For me, I love I love that you mentioned like family, we're going to be a family. Mm-hmm. That is we did that as well, but also just looking at my kids. Like yes. how are they doing? Are they thriving? Are they happy? Are they having fun learning? Are they mm-hmm. initiating their own learning because they're so excited about this, that, and the other thing? Mm-hmm. Um, or do they look burdened? Do they mm-hmm. seem stressed? Are they looking like they just dread every <laughs> morning? You know what I mean? Yes. And so that to me was gave me the most direction. How are my kids responding to what we're doing? Um, because it tells me loads about what whether what we're doing is working and whether we need to make changes, you know. And I'm not saying like just because your kid has a bad day doesn't mean you change everything. Right. Else. Everybody has a bad morning or whatever. But when you're finding that that is the rule and not the exception, it might be time to step back and yes. ask yourself some questions. I would talk to my husband a lot about these mm-hmm. things and I would pray about them. I would talk to my kids about them. You know, mm-hmm. hey, I've noticed this isn't going real well for you. You don't seem to be enjoying it. Tell me what's going on. You know, is there what do you not like about this? Is there anything you do like about this? And you start to sort of information gather and it kind of yes. helps give you direction. Um, but it takes time. So if you're all loaded down with activities and all kinds of you, you just gotten zero margin in your day, you're never going to have time for that. And right. um, that's why I encourage as much of an unhurried, like just attitude and unhurried kind of posture um, when it comes to daily life with our kids. Not that you're not getting things done and you're not fruitful and productive. We want to do that, but... But it's on a timeline that is healthy 
I love that so much. I love mm. homeschooling at home as much as possible. You know, yes, not me living too. in the car, um, <laughs> yes. always out off to the next activity every single day. Right. And, and it's hard because as your kids grow and change, they want to do something new or everyone's going to join this club or co-op. So I think it's important to assess and, and keep homeschooling in the home as much as possible. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it does... It, it just, it does simplify for one thing. It simplifies. It does. It does. It takes away stress say, off the mom and the kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always say that schools should revolve around home life. Yes. Not home life around school. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I say this as well, um, but education is discipleship. And so as we're educating our kids, we are discipling our kids. Maybe tell us a little bit about how you see that happening and how to encourage a biblical worldview? Well, I know that a lot of times when someone wants to homeschool, their initial reason is a reaction to maybe something that happened at public school. And their first thought is, we just need to get out. Um, Mm -hmm. And what, what parents with children in public school so often don't realize is their kids have been missing on this complete educational picture with a mm-hmm. biblical worldview integrated right. into everything they're learning. And it's fun when they see it, when they just get it for the first time. You know, right. homeschooling parents will say, I never do this while they're reading a science textbook or history or mm-hmm. a biography or something. And it's so fun because they realize, number one, how much the public school has been leaving out for decades And number two, what an opportunity they now have to give that back to their children. And Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. when I I say and when others say that education is discipleship, we're saying that whoever is in charge of teaching children is truly an influence on their lives. Mm -hmm. And anyone can disciple people. Uh, It's not just Christians. And so we have to be very careful Mm -hmm. about who is discipling our children and it's so fun when we take that responsibility on ourselves to homeschool and we put the discipleship back in our hands and mm-hmm. we are able to point them to God and have conversations and Bible study and, you know, talk about how world history is all, it's always been in God's hands and, and he is a big part of it. And so many things, there's so many ways to include that, that, most people don't even realize anymore. They don't even realize what they've missed and what their kids are missing. And so, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes, it's usually initially a reaction to something that happened at public school and they want to stop that from happening and just be at home. But then they realize, wow, there's so much more to this than I realize. There's so many more wonderful benefits than I ever knew possible. Right. So moving from reactive to proactive. Yes. Yes. And saying, I wish I'd done this sooner. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I've heard this said a lot recently that a lot of the new homeschoolers are running from something. Yes. Where 20, 30 years ago, those of us who were homeschooling were running to something. And so, again, it's it's that same idea of, yes, you do you should run away from that. I mean, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you need to make sure you, you know what you're running to. And, yes. Um, you know, so then you've got intention, you have a direction, and uh, that that's huge. But that, you know, it can take some time, and books like yours uh, can help parents do that. Um, 
So uh, yeah, so I appreciate you um, being here today and and sharing about your book. I love everything you've said. We're so on the same page. And I, <laughs> we are. I feel like this has <laughs> been a huge encouragement to the moms. So thank, thank you. you for that. And uh, moms, I will leave links in the show notes uh, where you can connect with Nikki, where you can find her book. Um, Nikki, would you mind closing in a word of prayer? Sure. Thank Dear you. Lord, we just thank you so much for this opportunity to encourage parents to take back their children's education and to take back discipleship. I pray that this episode today will encourage and bless those that are listening and give them that that uh, encouragement to just step out in faith and do something new and do it boldly and trust you along the way. And I just thank you for the time to talk today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.